sorry if I sound a little crazy, but I am going through what we like to call the winter blues of being sick, <laughs> unfortunately. And for most people who know, when you have a small child or a kid, getting sick is inevitable. And I didn't believe it until I had a kid. And I was like, yep, this is what happens. My daughter started off with a sniffle. Next thing you know, I had a sniffle. Next thing you know, I'm sick and she's okay. And with her being so small, she really can't take anything. And I'm battling NyQuil, DayQuil, Mucinex, cough drops, home remedies, hot soup, hot toddy. You name it, I've tried it. <clears throat> but I did want to give y'all an episode. I don't like to be inconsistent. And work has been super duper busy and crazy. So I wanted to make sure I at least give you something good to listen to. So this week's conversation is more or less one of those popular opinion kind of conversation about making your kids social. I had a really great conversation with one of my uh, employees about her coaching cheerleading. And the first thing she says is, you should put your daughter, who most of you now have a 12-year-old stepdaughter, into cheerleading. And one of the biggest conversations me and her dad had was making her social because we completely took her out of her element when we took custody of her. Um, And when I say completely took her out of her element, not necessarily like, oh, we snatched her away from all of her friends, but we made it really hard for her to keep those kind of friends because she wasn't right there. She wasn't within arm's reach. She wasn't right around. Um, And what was difficult wasn't the fact that she couldn't make friends, but when you only have school friends, they're just that, school friends. So one of the things we tried to do was put her into some things that may be more fun more social, get her out of her element, make her a little more, you know, outgoing. Because nothing's worse than wanting to do stuff like, hey, have a birthday party, and you really don't have any friends to invite. Or you want to go on a trip, and your mom and dad are like, you could bring a friend, and you don't really have any friends to bring. So again, this is why I say making your child social is a big deal. For some people, it's not. They're like, oh, I don't really want my kid meeting a whole bunch of new people, or whatever but I found that one of the things that made her more social was her going to summer camp um just in the instance of her having to talk to people meet people become friends with more people kind of get out of her box made it so much more fun because these were friends that she got to talk to outside of her school days who went to different schools who didn't confine her to this little small box of her constant know-how of friends so that's the one thing i think that as parents we don't give credit for is our kids being social being social is really hard especially for kids um you tend to make your kids less social as they get older because they're kind of expected to make their own friends. They're expected to establish these heavy-duty, real relationships 
by themselves and I don't know about y'all but it's really weird as a kid in my perspective to just meet strangers and become besties um so one of the things I find interesting is making your kids social in the sense of putting them in those environments that does nothing but make them social they have to talk to new people they have to meet new people they have to get out of their bubble of so-called friends they have from school or church or whatever and yes school and church are social they're very much social gathering but those are things you see on a time by time basis so the kids they have at school they may not even talk to they may not even hang out with they may not even really talk to outside of their class and then they become confined to these five or six friends and then that's it so I feel like that was one of the reasons why I wanted my daughter the baby to go to daycare I didn't want her to become the kind of baby that people didn't want to watch and the reason I said that is because I saw a lot of my friends who were like my daughter my son my kid doesn't have friends and it's hard to establish it or make them social after a certain age because if they're not already establishing kind of getting to know people and being around new people and kind of still having a great mood then they'll always have this kind of shell of being shy or scared or very timid and I'm a very social person my husband's very social so it would be very weird to have an anti-social child who couldn't go anywhere do anything because she was stuck up under us and in that same breath when you have teenagers it's kind of hard too because teenagers are really critical teenagers are very kind of territorial when it comes to being friends they're very much stuck in their own ways when it comes to being friends and as parents you kind of have to see what kind of child do you have do you have a social child a child who will talk to you know new kids old kids they make friends really well they're conversational they're what we call social butterflies or people who talk a lot and tend to make friends easily because they're not afraid to introduce themselves or say hi or you know challenge themselves one of the things that I did as a kid was always speak to people and I think it was a nervous habit because I didn't like being in new environments so I naturally spoke and kind of established a one core friend kind of movement so if I was cool with at least one person then I always would look for that one person when I went to that specific place um church if I had a summer camp, if I was in a sorority, anything I did as a child, teenager, and adult, I always kind of had that one core friend that kind of broke me in to being more social with other people in that same group. Now, the hard part is, once you do get your child social, you have to take on all the social responsibilities, such as them wanting to go places or do things or be in new environments. And for some people, they don't want that kind of lifestyle for themselves or their kids. Interesting, right? Crazy. Now, one thing I will say is that kids are only going to kind of do what they see. So if you're kind of parent who does not talk or, you know, are very much a homebody, a nerdy kind of, in a book kind of person, nerdy does not mean bad. 
I want my child to be nerdy. I want her to strive to do excellence in school, to push herself educationally, to absorb herself in reading and trying to improve educationally and to have games and want to do things intellectually. So don't let nerdy kind of distastefully make me feel like, oh, you know, that's a bad word. Nerdy is the furthest thing from a bad word. It's actually something you should establish for your kids because kids look at nerds as somebody who's oh they're just this geek no your kids should understand that being a nerd is okay it's good to be nerdy about things you like it's good to like things that people don't like um one of the things i can say i'm really nerdy about is podcasting um i i was very embarrassed to tell my husband when we first started dating that i like to listen to podcasts because it's not a typical hobby it's not something most people enjoy. It's not something most people li- listen to. And I listen to podcasts in my leisure time. Um, I listen to a lot of pro-black, comedic, social media-driven, um, kind of well-established podcasts like The Read or um, Getting Grown or Jaden XD. And they're definitely more mature, for sure, kind of podcasts. But they're also the kind of podcasts that make you think. They get a little deep. They have bigger meanings. They're not just crap on the radio. And I find myself kind of nerding out a little bit in my personal life of just wanting to get away from everybody and everything and just listening to podcasts. Now, I say put your child in a sport or some type of activity that allows them to meet new people, people they wouldn't ordinarily associate with. I knew that our daughter didn't always kind of agree with us sending her to summer camp. We wanted her to understand this was an educational reason, not a social gathering. But we also wanted her to be social and get out of her shell because she wants to be an actress and she wants to, you know, dance and she wants to do all these things where you have to be, guess what, social. You have to get out of the shell of not wanting to do public speaking or not wanting to be, you know, seen and put yourself out there completely. And my biggest thing is I've never been afraid of public speaking. I tend to stumble a little bit when I have public speaking. I tend to get a little nervous, but I like it because of the adrenaline I get from it. I get a little bit excited. I get a little bit more, you know, bigger in public speaking and doing things in front of people. My mom put me in dance when I was young. I did cheerleading through middle and high school. I joined a sorority. I made sure I was, you know, well-rounded in the sense of having really established friendships, but also different friendships. And even as an adult, a lot of my friends are loners. I always kind of describe that as my friends. But kids are always going to replicate what they see. And because me and my husband are very social people, we always laugh because my husband knows at least three people no matter where we are, no matter what part of the city. Even when we went to New York to go out for his birthday one year, he literally ran into two people in Jersey. And one of the hard parts is getting kids to understand it's okay to be social, but it's okay to also not always need people around. And not needing people doesn't mean, oh, you you want to be, you know, independent and, oh, I don't need to have friends. Friends are not a necessity, but they're good to have. 
they're good to have a core circle of people and yes you will get hurt in friendships and you'll grow from them and you'll learn the good the bad and the ugly and all in between and a lot of times kids don't want to hear that they literally will call every person they're close to their best friend or their bestie or their roadie or their sister or their brother or their you know whoever and then something goes wrong and now their friendship is completely devastated and they don't know how to deal with the pain but that's also a part of kind of the growth of knowing what friendship is um one of my best friends who i've described many times her name is chess um her daughter is my godchild and my daughter is her godchild um we have a very amazing friendship that has evolved over the 15 almost 16 years we've been friends um we both are social and to an extent similar but a lot of my friends always say you're more social than i i have a lot of loner friends friends who don't tend to group in other big large groups with more smaller intimate groups and because of that a lot of my friends are kind of selfish with me i'll say they don't know how to cope with just me and having other friends or me involving like perfect example i had a birthday party about two years ago i invited maybe 10 girls out from all different parts of my friendship um girls i've known since college girls i've known since high school girls who i met through work girls who i met through church whatever and they all kind of had to come together in this one kind of circle to celebrate me and it was interesting because a lot of them had met before, hadn't met before. But by the end of the night, we were partying like we all were good friends. And that's kind of what you want. You want your kids to know the difference between making a friend and having friendship. When you make a friend, making someone a friend or an associate, as my mom says, because she says everybody is your fucking friend, literally. But... <clears throat> You want them to understand what it takes to be a good friend, what it takes to be a best friend. And best friends don't mean you've known them forever. I've known girls I've known since I was five years old, and we're far from besties. We're just great friends. We've been friends so long that our friendship has evolved that we don't have to talk all the time. And then I have friends I talk to at least once a day. I legitimately talk to my best friend maybe once or twice a day, um, if not more. I can talk to her for hours. Sometimes we don't even talk. We'll just be on the phone. Um, I have friends who I talk maybe once or twice a week, and it's okay. Knowing these kind of things helps establish friendship. And friendships should have boundaries, should have established lines. Um, Some friends you can be social with, some friends you can't. I have friends who we have a lot of things in common. I have friends we have small groups of things that we're you know have in common and because of that we only can do certain things i have friends i travel with because guess what they know how to travel they know how to save their money for a trip they know how to establish to have money on a trip they don't go on a trip and cry about being broke or they don't go on a trip and cry about us going out they already know what it is so i say that to say this um establish friends teach your kids about friendships teach your kids 
about having those kind of intimate circles of people they can depend on, people they can talk to. And a lot of times when you know who your kid's friends are, you can kind of establish, okay, this is the kind of kid my kid wants to be. Whether it be a secretive, sneaky kid or a socially ambiguous kid or a kid who, you know, relies a lot on being close with their parents or a kid who likes to do social things. So today's episode was really quick and simple. I told you I wanted to make sure I give you something with some substance. So I challenge you with this. Talk to your kids. Get them into a place where they have to be social. Get them into a place where they have to come out their box, meet new people, know new people, and kind of have a good time. And I'm out.